Brazil and the world. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on what time you're watching this. Welcome back to Rock Hill Video. I'm your host, Chris Carrado. This is our political show. It's on uh, rockhillvideo.com. At the beginning of every show, I always like to say that when our guests come on, this is an open forum to talk about the issues. Um, anyone and everyone is welcome. Um, I went to Winthrop University, which is in Rock Hill. My degree is in mass communication with a concentration in journalism. And one of the things I learned about the news is that everyone should have an opportunity to share their feelings and thoughts on the issues. Uh, I don't bring anybody on here to bash them. I don't bring anybody on here to praise them. Uh, if I ever bring more than one person on my show and they have differences of opinions, I don't cut somebody off because they're not saying what I like. Uh, we don't gang up on anybody and, and nobody gets extra time because I might agree with them. That's just not how I want to operate my, uh, my platform or forum to give candidates uh, an opportunity to talk about you know, why they're doing what they're doing and their background. Um, everyone, like I said, is always welcome. Uh, our guest tonight, like I said, if, if someone she was running against wanted to come on our show, they also get an equal opportunity and numerous times in other, in other situations I have offered uh, opposing candidates opportunities to come on here. Some have taken it and some have not. Uh, some haven't even responded to me, but there have been several calls and emails that I've made sure that I at least control my effort to where no one could ever say I'm showing any type of favoritism towards any type of party, whether it be of the two-party system, third party, et cetera, et cetera. Everyone gets that opportunity. So tonight, which is uh, January 5th, it's 7.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have on Stacy Pressman is our guest tonight. Uh, she is running for mayor of New York City in the year we're in right now. You can see in her background her name and what she's running for in the year. So um, <laughs> here we go. Uh, Stacy, how are you tonight? Great. Thank you for having me, Chris. It's great to have here a New Yorker that's down south. <laughs> and uh, it's fun to be here. Thank you for giving uh, voices uh you know, political voices, uh, a place to have their opinions known. It's, I think it's great what you're doing. Not a problem. I love political. I think political discourse is the best thing that uh, we have because we can, if we, if we listen to each other, because I think between hearing different opinions, we come up with the best solution a lot of times. And I think, you know, I used to date a lot of people with opposite, my, a lot of boyfriends I had in the past had different opinions of, that I did and we'd argue and, it was great because we'd, I'd hear his opinion, he'd hear my opinion, and we'd actually come up with a, a new opinion. So I like that, actually. Good, I'm glad. So uh, before we get into you know what you're running for and, and uh, your politics, is there anything about your early life or you know sure. things you'd like to share about your past, your upbringing? Well, um, I grew up in Brooklyn. I was born and raised here. I lived in almost all the boroughs. I I, I think I lived in three of the five boroughs. Okay. You know, Queens, Manhattan. Uh, I stayed in Staten Island for a little bit of time. I didn't live there, but I used to hang out there a lot at one time. And then the Bronx, I used to work in. I used to do a TV show there. So, so basically, um, I've been, I've experienced all five boroughs. I love the boroughs. I love the spices in each borough. I love what they each bring. They all have a different personality. Um, and I am a true New Yorker, born, bred, the whole, the whole nine yards. And, uh, I come from an entertainment background and an activism background as well. So people know me more as an entertainer and a radio host, but I also did a lot of animal activism. I do a lot of mental health advocacy. 
And I've been doing that for many, many years as well. And voter and, and bipartisan voter registration, because I believe the democratic po- process is the most beautiful process we have in our country. And I've did, I've done a lot of register uh, registering to vote campaigns for different companies and different organizations. And I love, love that as well. Okay, awesome. And always bipartisan, because I believe that's where the voices are heard. Okay, great. So you said over in Brooklyn, what part of Brooklyn? Uh, like Bensonhurst, Gravesend area. Okay. okay. Uh, so I'm I'm like real South Brooklyn. <laughs> if anyone knows that stuff, right by I'm walking distance from the Coney Island, you know, from the parachute jump and the cyclone, and I'm right near all the famous Brooklyn landmarks that are in South Brooklyn. So I'm proud of being a Brooklynite. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I, like I said, I told you earlier, I grew up in Queens and one of the other uh, five boroughs of New York City, and you pretty much named every single one of them. So. And lived in uh, three out of the five, so cool. Um, anything else you wanted to share about what you're currently doing right now, whether it be personal life, hobbies, etc.? Well, I'm currently um, doing a lot of self-care and writing a lot of policy for my mayoral run, and uh, that's basically it's taking a lot of time up between campaigning and fundraising and and writing policy and finding out what currently is going on because things right now are changing from second to second between having the vaccines at hand now and also, you know, stores closing and big, you know, places closing that, you know, restaurants closing that never would have closed, but due to the pandemic are closed. So really dealing with what this pandemic has done to New York City is, is really what I've been looking at in terms of my run and how to how are we going to come back? How are we going to bring it back and even better? And you're also a comedian too, right? I am a comedian and uh, I love doing jokes, so, but I, I'm careful with jokes when I'm doing pol- policy and pol- political stuff because people take it literally. So I have to be very careful with my words, but um, I'm always up for telling jokes. I believe I always will have a sense of humor, but I just want to make sure that the policies that I speak about come out clearly and they're not coming out as jokes. Because that's been a big question. Are you doing this for your career? Are you being, are you running for mayor because you want to, you know, be a better, you know, famous comedian? No, I'm running for mayor because I want to be mayor of New York City. That's why I'm running for mayor. Okay. Uh, How many years were you doing comedy for? Well, have been doing it. About 18 to 20. Oh, wow. Okay. Life sentence, pretty much. (laughs) And before that, I was a professional actress on Broadway, off Broadway, and all that stuff. Movies, TV. So have you done any traveling? I traveled the entire country. I used to speak. I'm a, I was also um, a speaker on two issues, mental health and wellness and stress and eating disorders. And I was a very uh, kind of well-known eating disorder speaker on this subject for many, many years. I toured throughout the country, colleges, universities, treatment centers, uh, memorial events, fundraisers to speak about eating disorders and the effects of disordered eating. Okay. What, uh, what made you decide to do that? Why was that a passion for you? I had an eating disorder myself okay. growing up and I was in recovery and re- have been in recovery for many years. And I was able to speak about my own, my own problems and show people that you can get help. And it is a serious problem that people don't really, uh, I think a lot of people haven't really taken heed to specifically our politicians and our, um, you know, a lot of the money that didn't go towards eating disorder awareness. It's one the number one killer of all mental health issues, anorexia. Oh. So people never really understood that. So it's, it's been 
you know, especially among young people, it's a big, a big killer. So I think that people never really gave it the awareness that it deserved and needed. And people always thought, oh, just have pick up a sandwich, oh, just eat, you know. And so I think that spreading awareness in that, and I think it also leads to other addictions, and other addictions are they they coexist together with eating disorders. So addiction is a big issue right now, specifically since we've been in a pandemic. People have been locked down. People have been isolated. Isolation breeds, you know, more addiction because people actually get sober in community, you know, in, in these 12 step programs or in rehab centers, it's community is how people actually get sober or healthy or unaddicted or less addicted. You know, they, they find healing through that. And we don't, and now that those, those, human interactions are kind of through the computer, it may not work for so many people. And so right now people are dying, dying to get into rehab centers uh, and there's no beds. And, and, you know, I heard that there's a lot of less beds and, and available for people that need help, unless you have a lot, a lot of money and you can afford $50,000 a month or $30,000 a month type place. Okay. Which a lot of people don't have that kind of money. Right. Especially now. And if you had had that money now, you've gone through your savings. Like a lot of people have gone through their savings. If you have $3,000 a month rent and you were making $100,000 a year and you had maybe four months savings, you're, you're kind of out of you and you're living on unemployment. Maybe you're kind of like struggling comparatively to what you were, you know, so people are moving out of New York as well. But anyway, so that's another subject, but basically um, the addiction and mental health are probably the most important things we have to deal with other than our physical health right now. You know, in, in terms of the pandemic. Okay. Anything else you wanted to share about uh, the comedy or any of the? Um, uh, well, I love. I'm. A, uh, you know, I am. You know, I, I was a national touring headliner until the pandemic, and you know, I uh, did some. You know, I don't love doing Zoom comedy. Is that my thing? Like, I've done a few of those. Uh, for you know, I I did some charity work with that, but uh, I love making people laugh when I can. It was my, you know, passion. I did it for 18 years. I produce shows. I've worked with everybody. And um, now I, I'm taking a different turn in my career. So. Okay. What type of, uh, you know, without going into too much detail, what type of material do you typically like to joke about? I was very edgy. I'm very edgy comedian, okay. believe it or not. I'm not a, I was, a, I joke about my own life, about situations. Uh, I would write a lot on the spot, especially, you know, I, tour and write about what I experienced that day and just I joke about anything and everything specifically you know my own life my own experiences I love talking about that stuff of course okay yeah okay any any specific uh whether it be anything with your um comedy or um public speaking in general that any accomplishments you want to talk about or challenges you face um well the only challenge I'm facing now that I'm running for mayor of New York City is that people are think it's like sort of like a jokey run like sort of what Howard did with uh, the governor years ago Howard Stern oh. and it's not so I want you know that's been something that I've been having to explain to people that know me because they're like why are you running for mayor like it doesn't they you know meanwhile I've been an activist my entire life I've been in the political process and you know I just never marketed myself that way so to speak but I have always been politically active and I was very quiet about a lot of my, you know, political activity because I was, you know, I, I always didn't mix my politics with my comedy. It wasn't how I worked. Okay. I'm not, I never, you know, really, really did that. I'm kind of very much a person that keeps things separate. 
like that. I I think it's important. Same thing with like my my speaking. I was funny in my speeches. You know, they weren't serious. They were serious, very serious speeches. But I always brought humor. But that drove the point home more when you do a, a motivational speech, and especially about especially about life and death situation. You have to lighten it sometimes. So I knew when to lighten it up. And so the same thing. I mean, with politics, you have to be so literal because the words are so important. Words do matter, and so I'm careful when to joke and when not to, because you could say something sarcastically and then people think it's literal and it's like, you know, so it's, it's kind of a problem I faced. I learned, I'm learning that in the political spectrum. It's a little different. Okay. Um, is there anything else you, you're working on right now that we you haven't talked about or shared yet with us? No, that's what I'm working on right now. My, my campaign is takes a lot of time. I'm sure. um, okay. I do some animal rescue and animal rights stuff. Still, I still advocate for animals and, and their safety and keep, you know, I'm a big proponent of animal rights. So I do that as well. I've always done that as part of my being. So that's a little, that's what I do other than that, but it all goes together. You know, I think everything's kind of interconnected. Not, you know, it's not just one thing or another. And I think when you do one thing, a lot of times it reflects another part of your life. So you know, and I've and I've and I've and I've loved speaking, and I love to speak on different subjects, especially mental health awareness. One of my is my passions as well. I think it's very important that people need to take care of their minds. It all it all goes together because I think that's what keeps people healthy and a good immune system. So if you do get sick, you have that sort of like strength mentally to fight it because it's all connected. Okay. I'm kind of one of those people. Like we're all, con everything's connected inside. It's not one piece. Like, you know, everything's kind of interconnected. And I believe that it's not. You can't just look at one thing and not another thing. When it comes to anything, it all is inter integrated. Okay. Um. So you're running for mayor. Um, mm -hmm. What made you decide to do that? Well, many years ago, I was on a, a radio station. Uh, with the Reverend Bob Levy, we did a radio show called Ears Wide Open. It was a libertarian radio station, and um, we weren't political at all. Like, we were, like, the least political. There was a lot of political people on the, on that station. Um, and I had said I want to run for mayor, and I was, like, 2016, 14, and I said in 2016, and I kind of was half-joking at the time, but I meant it. And then as the years went by, I was like very serious. There's like even like, you know, artwork that this gentleman, Doug Nelson did back in like 2014 of me, you know, funny one as running for mayor. And then I really meant it. You know, I actually really meant it, but like we were joking, it was a comedy show. And then when it came to uh, the pandemic, I decided to really announce it and create a campaign with the help of Larry Sharp, who's my senior advisor. Okay. He's a libertarian party. Yeah, he ran for governor against Cuomo in 2018. Okay. So um, we definitely have talked a little bit about, um, my next question is what experience you would have to bring to the table. Obviously, you have a lot of public speaking experience. Uh, as a comedian, you probably have to be very relatable. And uh, so you, you have two different sides. You have your comedy side, and I'm, I'm sure when you were, as an activist, had to have a serious side. Um, and you're from New York City, obviously. So uh, what other experiences, you know, will you bring to the table as a mayor, the mayor? Well, I, um, other than my political involvement and writing policy and that kind of experience, I have experience 
with actually living in New York and experiencing every aspect of the city possible from the private sector to the governmental sector to watching how uh, I worked as a sub teacher a couple of years ago. So I know what the education system is like in public schools and private schools. So I've actually experienced so much of the city from every economic angle that I could bring that to the table as well. You know, not just, you know, I'm not a billionaire that, you know, looks down and not really even in the city and has a driver. I've been in, you know, living on, in the subways, not living, but, you know, taking the subways and taking, you know, you know, taxi cabs. And I've been, you know, I've experienced the city in every which way possible for many, many years as an artist, as a business person, as a, a person running for office, as a speaker. I've actually experienced every aspect of the city from the 90s till now. And I can see the differences and the changes and the problems and the issues. And I have that innate experience. And I believe that will help a lot in my leadership of it. Okay. And uh, you're running on the libertarian ticket. Mm -hmm. Okay. What, uh, what can you tell us about libertarianism? Because, you know, we know about obviously Democrats and, and Republicans. And from what I gather, the libertarian party is the, um, I guess came in third when it came to the presidential election. And um, they usually, yeah. what, what they, they, you... they're a very interesting party. We're a party of very many different beliefs, which is really interesting because, you know, like Democrats are more liberal, Republicans are more conservative. And, and so, but libertarians, you could be very conservative, very liberal and still be libertarian, which is because I believe in, in, in freedom, less government, um, and there's different, and some people are very extreme in each way. And, and I think what's so great about it, it kind of is the most, I mean, I mean, we're, there's a lot of fighting amongst the party, but there's a lot of acceptance of belief. And I think that that is so important in, in any party. And that's what I love about it. It's that it's so diverse in your beliefs, but the one belief is that we are, uh, we do believe in, in freedom you know, in a real way, in a real way, and less government. We don't want, we want a less government. We don't want more government. But, you know, it's a kind of a crazy time where we feel like I get a lot of emails from people telling me, you know, Cuomo's going to take you out of your house and put you in a camp. <laughs> and, you know, people are fearful of that right now, are very fearful. We don't know, we're, we're in such an unknown, I feel, in my years living on this earth, we're in such an unknown time that, you know, and we're afraid our freedoms are going to be taken away in such a way. You know, people, you know, disagree about the mask wear, and that's a personal choice. I believe it does help. That's my belief. I'm not going to mandate that on you, but it does help. And, you know, if you have germs and I have germs, I don't want your germs. Just like people that have sex, if you wear a condom and <laughs> you don't get a baby or a disease. That's how I look at it. Now, everyone looks at it differently. It, I don't think it should be a political issue, though. I think it should be a medical issue. And that's my opinion. Because I come from, you know, I've been around a lot of medical professionals my whole life. And uh, I almost was a pre-med student. So, you know, I have a, I have a lot of uh, feelings about that. I don't think everything should be politicized either. I think people are politicizing everything now. And I think that's not healthy for a growth of a nation. Okay. Or a rebirth of a city. Okay. I uh, think partisan politics will destroy us as a nation and it will destroy us as a city. We will just, you know, we also don't want to be taken over and be over governed because people have gone hog wild. That's another thing. So there's, 
there's a happy medium to all of this. And so I think people need to learn to be okay being slightly inconvenienced, but also going ahead and forth and having their businesses opened and having their lives uh, not be so uprooted that it's been in New York City. I think there's a way to do it where it's not uprooted, where things aren't locked down. You know, my gym is open, but the restaurant isn't open. So it's, it's, it, 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 it doesn't make sense to me. Like the, the, the way they close things down and open things up, it's very haphazard. And so I think there's a way to open things up very safely and still make a profit and still, still keep your business thriving. That's my opinion. Of course, yeah. Uh, are there any common misconceptions you'd like to share about you and the party you represent? Sure. Um, uh, that, well, I don't, I speak for me, so I don't know what the, all the misconceptions are of the party, but um, the misconceptions about me is that I am not taking my run seriously, that I'm a comedian, I'm doing it for publicity, I'm not, uh, I don't, you know, really have a strong policy behind me, and all those are false. I have very strong policy. I write policy two to three times a week, if not more, with my a team of five people that are policy writers for, by profession. I have an entire team working with me, and um, I'm a real candidate. I'm not some like weird weirdo person that's running to be like sticky, you know. I'm a real candidate. And the reason why I'm running Libertarian is because I believe in the values of the party. And I believe that there, I think to, in order to have a real democracy, there should be third party candidates and just, and just as viable as the other two parties. Because parts of politics are, have become disgusting, especially in the last you know, few years, uh, more than ever. So bringing a third party to the table with real policy, solid, you know, solid, you know, solid plans and a real solid team behind, behind us. And I believe that is what the, the future of democracy is, truly. Okay. I mean, you have a third party, you know, right now, two seats are making the decision in a, in a government, in a, in Georgia right now. Now, can you imagine like there's eight more, you know, libertarians or eight, you know, eight more people from other parties. So, and they, they're kind of centrist and they can go either way on either direction. How interesting would that be in a process? Because you have real opinions and they're not based on sort of polarized opinions. Like I might believe one way for one subject and then another way in another subject. So, so I have to pick a side. Why can't I just stay as a libertarian and have my freedoms and choose what I want? Like, I don't understand why there's not more independence in government right now. That, that I think it's, it's kind of antiquated at this point. Okay. I, Unless that's what you strongly believe in. But if you're just choosing a party, you know, people are like, Stacey, why don't you run one, one of the parties? One of the, and I said, well, I don't really totally believe in one of the parties. Why do I have to run against my own beliefs? So I think that's an important thing as well, is that people really need to understand what their own political beliefs are and run on those beliefs, not not be partisan to po parties. Then again, you know, they raise billions of dollars. I have to raise, you know, you know, millions and billions of dollars, not billions, millions of dollars. Um, on my own, I don't have a huge 
uh, a party like Yang does, you know, Yang probably does, you know, he's has he's a billionaire or somebody else that already has they have their whole machine in place. So we're a grassroots campaign. We're raising our own money. And so donate if you can to pressmanformayor.com. Uh, and we're registered with the Board of Elections and we're registered with the, you know, Campaign Finance Board. So, you know, if you believe in what we do and you can read my policy, you know, support us. And I know any amount is great, uh, whatever you can afford. I know people want to support candidates they believe in. So if you can do that, that's great. Okay. Uh, yeah, you've talked about uh, writing different policies. Is there anything specific in your plans or that or, or, or principles of yours that you wanted to share when you become an elected official? Well, um, I've been saying this often and being in entertainment for many years and dealing with a lot of nonsense, I'm really right now very concerned with solutions. And I kind of want to make the best choices for the city that will create the most growth, both economically, bring people back into the city, People have left the city in droves. Businesses have left in droves. They're shut, some, but most not by choice. And so I don't have a time for a lot of nonsense. It's all about solutions by keeping people safe and hoping they keep themselves safe as possible until this, you know, virus is um, under control, so to speak. I mean, which it sort of is becoming in New York, I believe. And um, some people want to get vaccinated. So we're going to try to, I just created a plan to, uh, we wrote a plan to vaccinate people with the most, in the most effective way possible with a medical team. Actually, I have a medical team on my staff. So uh, if, and there's not forced vaccinations. There's a way to vaccinate because you have to do it in your own two. It's two, it's two different shots. So, and if you don't get it exactly on the same day, uh, the two weeks, whatever the time period is, it's not the back vaccine is ineffective. Okay. And the okay. vaccine, you're not, you're, and you're not, it takes about uh, two months from the first vaccine to be inoculated, by the way. So it's a long, this vaccine is not like you're vaccinated, you're fine, go ahead and have a good time. It's not that easy. It's a, it's a, it's a process. So I think people need to learn and educate themselves what exactly the vaccine is before they take it, make their own choice and then create places where it's, you can safely have it administered and, and accessible to the entire city. Okay. And we're, we're creating a plan in place about that. that ha we don't want to do it haphazardly. You know, we're trying to take all the money that's been wasted and we're, we're trying to look at the budget right now of what the city has and where the money is right now and see if we could streamline it because we, we're broke. Manhattan, New York is going to go broke if we don't do something about it. Okay. Yeah, I think I, I read somewhere that, you know, because I think you talked about a lot of people leaving that um, they might lose a congressman because of that. Wow. Yeah, that's a big deal. That's a lot of people who are leaving. Okay. Because I think per person, the per congressman, there's a, a certain amount of people. And right. that means at least a hundred, it might be hundreds of thousands. I, I don't know the, the exact numbers, but it's like a lot of people <laughs> um, for that to happen. You have to have a mass exodus. So, so basically, uh, we're in, we're you know there's no no make no mistakes about it. New York City's in dire straits, and to take on a job such as mayor right now is probably quite a challenge. <laughs> and so, I don't want anything in my scope but solutions, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. For the better, you know, I want to and make sure that people 
that is my job. I want to create solutions and not rhetoric because I think it's really important right now that people see why, how, what. I think I think facts and seeing the facts, understanding them and is what really is what's important. I, I'm a very fact-driven person, you know, in terms of the way I govern, the way I, I live my life. I want to know all the facts, why, how this works, and let people make choices for themselves in that way. And then, you know, figure out what's going on behind closed doors that we don't, you know, that I'm not working in the government, in the, sorry, in the mayor's office right now. I want to know where that money went, where is it going? Is it allocated properly? And, you know, figure out the entire budget. What would you I mean, say? I was, Go ahead, I'm sorry. I was looking at projects I wanted to do, you know, and I, I don't know if, you know, and these are just, these are projects like creating, you know, a, a, a new, new uh, tram lines from New York, uh, from Brooklyn to Queens and like Bronx, you know, up north, south, east, west, because it's like, you know, the subways you have to go through the entire city to go to certain places. So, you know, more streamlined travel was one of my goals, you know, adding some bus routes that maybe need to be added mm. to make things more accessible. So, I mean, that's urban planning, obviously. And so if we don't have the money for that, we can't do these things. Or if nobody's living there and no one's paying taxes because everyone left, we can't do these things. So... Of course. It's important. It's a very important. If we haven't already touched on it yet, what would you say your ultimate um, goal is or goals are as mayor? My ultimate goals right now, you know, if I had run for mayor years ago, for instance, I was mayor, it would probably have been different, right? It would be like more simple, uh, get more, you know, make tourists, uh, you know, make it fun for tourists, you know, stuff like that, things, you know, uh, more simple sort of a more simple of a, a campaign, you know, it would have been, uh, you know, we, New York would be running well, you know, figuring out the taxes situation, bringing more jobs, affordable housing, that would have been, you know, still very important. Affordable housing has always been a problem. Homeless uh, is always, you know, we normalize homeless people here. It's not normal to be homeless. Our shelters are, are terrifying. I would, you know, that would be something I want to work on. And I don't know, you know, people just gave up on it or they normalized it. It's just part of New York, but it's not acceptable. People can be homeless by choice, but if, they, if there's mentally ill people walking around, they need help. You know, they you know they need help in a in a way, and then home somewhere where they can be safe. I don't think people should be living on the streets for months and years at a time. It you know I've seen it, and it's not acceptable. Um, and as New Yorkers, I think people just normalize it. You see a homeless person on the street, they're like, oh, there's that guy. You know, and it's, no, these are human beings. And that, that's not okay with me. And that's never been okay. Now our homeless population has, has tripled or quadrupled. I don't know what, what the numbers are, but they're insane. There's uh, people using drugs. You know, they have a horrible, we have a horrible drug issue. And I don't believe drugs should be criminalized. I think there are their addictions and their, their addictions and their diseases. And I think, you know, drug use, need, we need to fix that as well. Those are people that need help. You know, it could be a person that hurt their back, ended up on pills because they have a bad back, and now now that they don't get their pills from the doctor, and they're addicted to oxy, you know, oxycontin, and now they're taking heroin. I mean, that's that's a story I've seen in many rehabs. I've spoken in rehabs, and I've seen so many different stories, and they're not just people that 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 want to be drug addicts. I mean, and a lot of people aren't, but they're not people that even had a bad luck; they just hurt their back. And the next thing they know, they're shooting heroin a couple of months later because they don't have any more pills from the doctor. It's it's tragic. You know, it's a tragic situation. And 
I think that that's something that I want to work on right now. And I would have worked on before as well. Okay. But, but our challenges are great. Don't make no, no, you know, make no mind about that. Our challenges are great right now. Um, extremely great. And, uh, it's going to take a lot. It's going to, you know, have working. It's going to be a lot of work with the federal state. You know, you just can't get out of something like this. We're the, we're the greatest city in the world, and it should not be where it is right now. Mayor de Blasio really messed it up. I, I don't, you know, I hate to just put blame on one person, but he really didn't help at all. Um, he was kind of a lame duck during this whole time. You um, know, that's what I feel like. Okay. Uh, this might be uh, a little too far in advance, but just out of curiosity, what what are your plans after politics? Your uh, ideal retirement? I never plan on retiring. <laughs> All right. Um, obviously, if I'm like old, old, if I live that long, God willing, you know. Um, if I live very old and I have a, uh, my plans on retiring, I don't think that far ahead, but I'd probably just do more theater. You know, I love theater. I'd be acting and movies and, you know, whatever it might be. Or do, do more politics, you know, run for another office. I would love to run for a Congress position or a senator. That's something else I would, you know, think about running for. Okay. There's no age limit there. <laughs> so there's a lot of different, you know, if I choose to leave politics, that's what I, you know, I always have my uh, performance if I want. So I want to work till I can't move anymore. I don't want to retire. Okay. Okay. Um, what do you want to be known for? Well, that's an interesting question. What do I want to be known for? And that could be anything. It doesn't even have to be political. It just... No, I, yeah, I, I just want to be known for um, speaking in my mind and doing the best work I could do. And if that was being a comedian or being a mayor or being a politician or being just a human being. I just want to be the best at whatever I, I've done. And I think the most important is to be a really, to be a, a, a person that really cared about other people and other beings, you know, because at the end of the day, after being alone and, you know, a lot in the beginning of this pandemic, you know, it's all that really counts is who we connect with and our friendships and our people we love. And at the end of the day, that's really what counts because, you know, it's all we have really all the career and all that hoopla, you know, it doesn't really matter. None of it matters. Got it. Okay. Um, anything else you wanted to share, um, when it comes to voting or, or term limits? Uh, I definitely think there should be term lim limits on Congress and Senate and Senate seats. I think that's, there's not enough turnaround, um, but uh, I think people should vote, vote for who you want, and don't vote because your party, you know, don't vote. You know, a lot of people are. This is what I've noticed in every a lot of elections, like that, no one likes either candidate, but they vote for the less person they like least. Vote for who you want. I think that's how people get elected. You know, I think vote for, not against the other person. Like, I really love this candidate. I believe in their words, not because the other person really is awful. I think that's something that, and don't feel that your vote doesn't count because it, it does count. So, and I think that more third parties should run. I think, you know, 
if they run a solid campaign, not get a solid, they have solid policy and they run a, a real campaign, you know, give them a chance. Specifically, if they, if they, if they speak to you as a candidate, you know, they should give them a chance. I voted third party a few times, a lot of times, actually, <laughs> most of the time. And, um, you know, at some times I haven't. It depends on who, who the candidate was. So I think that you really should vote for who you believe in and if their values are your values. Okay. You know, it, you know don't play politics with your vote. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. Really vote, okay. you know, vote for your values. That's all I can say. I mean, I can't force anybody to vote the way they don't want to vote, but we've been trained to vote party and not values, and I think that's important. Okay. Uh, I, my final question is, is anything else you want to share that we didn't, I didn't bring up or you want to talk about? Um, I'm sure I could t think of a million things I want to talk about. Uh, um, I have a policy for ending lockdowns. It's on my, the pressman and I, it's on my, it's on my, uh, policy plan on my website. Pressmanformayor.com. Okay. Sorry. I have, I have a whole policy about how to have, not have lockdowns and open safely you know, we have like, you know, and it's kind of very centrist. I don't want to have mandates that, you know, in terms of uh, you get arrested if you don't wear a mask on the street. That, that stuff is not how I work. But I do want to encourage people to take responsibility. Think of your neighbors. Be safe with yourself, most of all. Like, think, you know, really be care. You know, I think people really need to learn self-care. Americans have not really taught that. Europeans have been taught that. But we don't really eat well. We're not a healthy nation as a whole there are pockets of it but i think people really should take self-responsibility by taking care of their own bodies and their own minds i think mental health awareness i think people should really seek out help if they're not feeling well mentally i know this has been incredibly stressful on so many levels isolation and loneliness and not having your life or your job if you've lost it a lot of people lost their job i know in new york the unemployment rate is outrageous to get a job. It's, it's very hard to get a job in New York, unless you're delivering something or you, you're, um, you, you can do some kind of essential work or, I mean, every job is essential, but unless you're doing a job that's medical, it's, there's not a lot of jobs in New York uh, city right now, which is very odd. There's always been a ton of jobs, you know, my day jobs are all gone, you know, so it's like all the things I used to do, like when I was acting are now like, you can't even get those jobs. Production's coming back slowly. Uh, in New York City, uh, film production is coming back. But I think that most of all, I think I'm going to encourage people to take care of themselves, however that is, and be kind to each other. I mean, that sounds kind of, you know, floofy, whatever, but just be kind to yourself and be kind to others. And that's all you can really do right now. And be patient. I think patience is important as well. Okay. Do you uh, follow So it's anger. Like, anger is only healthy if it's going to get you to the gym. You know what I'm saying? Like, kind of like, you know, try to, we're, a lot of us are angry. And I know I'm angry a lot. And this is from my own experience. So if you feel angry, like kind of like find a productive way to deal with your anger. And speak, if you need to speak to somebody, find a really good therapist. There's a lot of therapists now. You can do it on, you know, like Zoom therapies. It's not fun. But, you know, don't be ashamed to get help if you need it. Okay. Follow-up question. Do you, uh, do you feel if people were more kind to each other and I guess we went for help more or went to the gym or ate healthier, <laughs> that, that would have an impact on 
you know, COVID-19 and uh, getting sick and whatnot? I, I believe, you know, self-care is the first, you know, it's like a microcosm, you know, look, not, you could be, do, this is the thing, you can do all those th- great things and still get COVID-19 and die. Like you could, but your chances might be less, right? Um, Cause I'm, you know, it, we, we don't know, but it doesn't, it, it does help. Anything helps. Living a healthier life helps you. And you know, there are people that live very unhealthy lives and they're fine and they get COVID and they get like, oh, it's nothing. It's a, you know, it's a very, the thing about COVID, it's not, there's no, it's no straight line. It's not like okay. you get the flu, you know, you get, you make sure you take care of it. You get, we don't know what, it's just so many crazy things with COVID. They don't even know the strains, the mutations. It's, it's a crazy disease. It's like a foreign disease came out of the sky from another planet. And now our body's like, what is it? You know, we don't, we don't know what it is. So I think, but all those things will make a better society. And I think, I think it just creates a, a better livable world. You know, because we're only as healthy and mentally and physically, we only can control control ourselves, right? So if we can make our ourselves the best we can be, and then our relationships with our fellow people around us, and they're doing the same thing, it just makes a better society. Of course it does. It helps 100%. With COVID, with everything, with our economy, we work together. I mean, I see so many great things, like people are raising money for each other, that we're, where the government fails us, which they often do. People are helping each other, which is what I love about America, and that's what I love to see. And those are always nonpartisan things. Those are always nonpartisan issues, and those are beautiful, beautiful pieces of America that we need to see more of. Citizens working to help citizens. Thank you, thank you, Stacy. So, uh, if, of course, if we wanted to learn more about you, you said we can go to uh, pressmanformayor.com. Yeah, P-R-U-S-S-M-A-N-F-O-R-M-A-Y-O-R.com. Um, look at my policies, and there's more and more coming. You know, we put more stuff on the site every day. Um, donate whatever you can. I know times are tough some people, but give what you can. You know, help me run against the billionaires, against the establishment. Let my voice be heard because, it's, you know, it's, I don't have millions of dollars behind me uh, like you know, Yang does and some other politicians and nothing wrong with them, but they have the money behind them already and we are grassroots. So help what you can donate, volunteer, have your friends, you know, if everyone gave ten, twenty dollars, you know, we can raise a lot of money. You don't need it doesn't have to be a ton of money. But if you have it, give it. <laughs> Got it. All right. Thank you, Stacey. You don't have to live in New York to donate either. If you have relatives that live in New York City and you want to bet in New York, you can have you know, you can donate for them. You know, meaning that, you know, give an honor of uh, donate, but, you know, you're helping them as well. So, yeah. Okay. So I think that's working as well. So I know, I know you're from New York and you're in South Carolina. Now, so. Yeah. And, that, that, <laughs> so, you know, we know people that live in this, may not live in this city, but they work in the city, you know, and of course, while, while working there, you know, whomever's in charge, their policies affect them too. Of course, they pay taxes and... You know, they they work in in like the fire department or the police department. You know, it's run by the city. So, you know, we want to make our city work better and be be, be We want to be a better city, and we want to wake New York up. Wake up, New York! Drink your coffee. It's time to wake up. We're the city that never sleeps. Stop sleeping. Come on, we got to do this together. Hmm. That that could be a good campaign slogan. It is. It is. Well, I, I it's wake the f up. <laughs> That's right, New York. Wake the f up. <laughs> I don't want to say curse words. No, anymore. it's totally fine. This is, once again, open forum for you to... Oh, good, because sometimes I, I do radio and I'm like, oh, I said fuck, you know. 
Wake the fuck up, New York. No, it's totally <laughs> fine. It's totally I fine. Love, I, I say bad words all the time, but I grew up in Brooklyn. I grew up in Bedford, Brooklyn, where, you know, when I was seven years old, I saw a Saturday Night Fever. So, yeah. It's not saying <laughs> what? I saw a Saturday Night Fever. Oh, Saturday wow. <laughs> at seven. When, you know, no one, like, no, there was no, no one cared. They'd take their kids to see, you know, radar or movies at, you know, under 10 years old. I'm like, mommy, what does that mean? No, oh, yeah. You know, so, so, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, look for me at pressmanformayor.com. Look at my policy. Uh, if you have any questions, you know, there's a contact, you know, volunteer. There's a way to volunteer for the campaign. We need volunteers. You know, it's a grassroots effort. Come join us. Got it. Thank you, Stacy. Thank um, you so much, Chris, for having me. No problem, no problem. Uh, to our fans and those watching, uh, like I said, we want to thank Stacy for coming on. Um, if any uh, candidates, you know, whether they are in the same race as Stacy or any 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 race, ever want to come on my show and, and and talk about the issues, regardless of their party affiliation, they are welcome and they will get the same level of respect, regardless of the the party they represent. Because to me, that's just a a good ethical way of, of, of doing the news, you know, we, and we could always have debates, you know, we could do that too. Uh, as long as people have a certain level of respect for each other and everyone gets treated the same. So with, uh, with that, um, I'm going to say, uh, take care everyone. Uh, please continue to watch the show and now a word from our sponsors. <laughs>